I'm Toby Leary from Cape Gunworks. I'm passionate about all things Second Amendment. While I love to shoot... Going hot. There is so much more to guns than just pulling the trigger. A free and armed society is a responsible and self-reliant one. Join us to talk all things guns, freedom, and self-defense. It isn't just about being armed... It's about being responsibly armed. So load and make ready. This is Rapid Fire. Welcome to Rapid Fire, your 2A Talk radio show sponsored by Vortex Optics and the USCCA. Tune in each and every week to rapidfireradio.us to join the conversation, or you can call the text line or the Rapid Fire line at 508-444-2120. That's 508-444-2120. I'd love to hear from you. If you want to call in and ask a question, make a comment, or contribute in some way to the show, by all means, go ahead and do that. 508-444-2120. You can always like and subscribe on all of our social media platforms. We are at Cape Gunworks everywhere, except for Instagram. We're... uh, cgw underscore backup oh my for instagram we're still in the uh zuckerberg status um of of that so anyway give us a call 508-444-2120 or send us a text or jump on the live chat and if you're listening to this on the radio depending on what station you're on You're only going to get the first hour, so you want to make sure you go over to the website anyway and listen like a podcast at capegunworks.com or rapidfireradio.us. So that's what's happening. Um, We got a big week so far news-wise, all kinds of stuff going on. Uh, President Trump has announced he's running again for 2024, which I think comes as no surprise. Um, And a lot of people are trying to make this race instantly about DeSantis versus Trump and trying to get everybody on certain camps. And I'm like, why do we have to do that like two and a half years before the election? I know politics is almost a full-time sport at this point, but I don't necessarily need to sit here and, uh, you know, draw lines in the sand about what's the best candidate, blah, 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 but... Um, You're going to support who you're going to support, right? Um, So whatever, that's that's the way it is. But um, I I personally think that it'll all shake itself out in the wash. Um, I don't think DeSantis has even announced that he's running for president. So it's pretty interesting to see uh, what's going to happen with that whole thing. Um, And I think DeSantis has been doing a lot of good stuff in the state of Florida. Interestingly enough, there's still not a constitutional carry state. So I don't know, maybe they can't have the, the gunshine state moniker any longer because, uh, they still aren't even constitutional carry. So, uh, that's, that's, uh, you know, something that, um, I take him to task on. Also, a lot of the two a community kind of pushed back a little bit during one of his, rallies a couple weeks ago where he basically said no one can carry a gun at one of the rallies 
I think that was more of a secret service type of thing. If he is thinking about running for president, they're gonna it's their job to protect him. And so I don't think he can trump that, uh, no pun intended, uh, trump the Secret Service protection details by saying... You are fake news. By saying, um, oh yeah, let the people bring guns to the event. Although I'm sure he didn't push back very hard anyway. Uh, that's the, you know, that remains to be seen. But there was some people on Instagram that are like, are we still not supporting the candidates that don't, don't support your gun rights thing? And uh, I was kind of like, well, that's kind of a blind swing at you know somebody for something that's probably out of their control also there's a lot of people still upset about the gun control that trump enacted when he was president and um, i would say it wasn't necessarily done the right way either uh it was basically the bump stock ban and it was done through uh, the atf changing the rules again. (laughs) So stop me if you've heard this before, but the ATF ruled um, that the bump stock is in fact a machine gun, even though the the legislature ruled what a machine gun is and the bump stock does not fit the description, but they said, we're just following our president's wishes, find a way to ban it. And so they did it through... um, through a executive action basically within the uh, three-letter agency, the ATF, which personally I was actually happy about that rather than Congress doing it by law, which I thought would be harder to overturn. However, um, it, the Supreme Court has now refused to hear a bump stock case for the third time. So they've punted on that altogether. And so I, I know what the outcome of that will be. Right now, they're just leaving the status quo, the status quo. But they did rule in EPA v. West Virginia that those three-letter executive agencies cannot make law. That's the Congress's job. So um, how does the ATF get away with making law by changing definition of frames and receivers, by changing definitions of uh pistol brace by changing definitions of machine gun, um, by defining what a firearm is or isn't. Uh, It's really funny in their latest um, advisory notices about what a firearm is. They say like an unserialized frame that's not fully machined out is in fact a not a firearm. However, if it's sold with a jig to manufacture it out, then it is considered a firearm. So there's all this stuff. Like it's just a moving target. It's pin the tail on the donkey. It's throw it against the wall and hope it sticks. Just all of this, man. all of this is infractions. It's every single bit of it is uh, an infraction and uh, or an infringement upon our constitutional rights. So tell me what you think about it. Call or text 508-444-2120. Uh, and this week's winner, by the way, of our giveaway, um, last week's giveaway was Women's Handgun Defense Fundamentals, Self-Defense Fundamentals by Beth Alcazar. Uh, David Bowers, you have won. This will be a great gift, gift hopefully, for some loved one in your, in your life. 
And this week's giveaway, we're going to kind of complete the trifecta here and give away another book. They're not all going to be books, I promise. But this week's giveaway is going to be Rob Pincus's Defensive Shooting Fundamentals Level 1 book. This is phenomenal, guys. This is something that uh, is done with great pictures and in-depth articles. And this is a course that I am uh, certified to teach. And it took five days of instructor development. It's been likened to a college-level course condensed into a five-day period. And they have a, about a 25 to 40% failure rate, uh, which was consistent with the class I went through. Uh, people self-destruct around Wednesday and start to fall apart at the seams. But you can get a book with all of this information written out in great articles in depth with pictures and graphs. And it's something I wish I had when I went to that instructor development course. So you can win this week. Uh, defensive shooting fundamentals just go to our website uh, rapidfireradio.us and scroll down and enter to win remember to use this week's discount code to sbr at kategunworks.com to get a special discount off your entire web order that's code sbr go to kategunworks.com right now to get your special discount code using sbr we will be right back this is rapid fire firearm for personal protection has never been more popular than it is today. The USCCA can help fortify your home, sharpen your awareness, and develop your defensive plan. Go to uscca.com remote and use code word WORKS. Your family's safety and security is your responsibility. Go to uscca.com remote and use code word WORKS to sign up for a USCCA membership and get special training legal advice, and legal protection you and your family need. Vortex offers the very best optics specifically made for shooters with rugged construction designed for extreme environments. Vortex Optics build quality ensures accurate, reliable, and repeatable performance every time you squeeze the trigger. Add fully multi-coated lenses and nitrogen purging, and you have a quality optic with an extremely reasonable price tag. That is the Vortex difference. Come into Cape Gunworks to see the full line of Vortex Optics today. Welcome back to Rapid Fire, and our poll of the day is, will there be another federal assault weapons ban? Find the poll question on rapidfireradio.us or go to our Twitter page, search Rapid Fire Radio, all one word, and you'll find our poll there. So, will there be another federal assault weapons ban? I'm going to go out on a limb and say no. I don't think so, but it's entirely possible. It With razor-thin margins in the House and the Senate and a willingness to act already, you can see uh, Glenn Youngkin is being uh, pressured to act on an um, assault weapons ban following the tragic shooting in the University of Virginia uh, when that guy who has already been sentenced or been convicted of a um, misdemeanor crime of carrying a gun 
basically wasn't dealt with harshly and, uh, you know, came onto the campus and shot three people, which is awful. Um, and I guess they were, you know, football players, et cetera, et cetera. So uh, there's lots of unanswered questions. But interestingly enough, um, they're asking for assault weapons ban. Even though it was a pistol that he was using, uh, from what I read, uh, maybe someone can correct me if I'm wrong. But so they take a a common pistol that is in ordinary use all over the place, um, and then they tell Yunkin to ban assault weapons. It's like, what the heck? You know, it doesn't matter uh, what kind of weapon was used. There's three people dead, and they're already trying to stand on the on the bodies of the dead and say you need to do something to take it take guns away. We addressed this on the Grace Curley show yesterday, and I I was talking about how this type of gun control that they're putting out there is only makes the people who actually could use a gun for defensive purposes less safe, and the uh, criminal element isn't going to listen anyway. They never do. So this guy knew it was illegal for him to take this gun onto a gun-free zone, but he walked right through it, right? Um, it, it it just doesn't matter. Uh, they, they don't follow the law. You can't put a sign up and expect that no one's going to, you know, everyone's going to obey the sign. The only ones that obey the sign are the people who don't want to get in trouble and put their rights in jeopardy. So, there's no uh, examples of how changing that law would have saved these three lives. An assault weapons ban wouldn't have done it. Um, making it illegal to carry more guns on college campuses wouldn't have done it. So there's no law you can do, you can put. But what you could do is relax the gun-free zone laws, let adults make the decision if they want to carry a gun for themselves or not, uh, their own, uh, you know, their own choice. And obviously the school that declares it's a gun-free zone cannot do a good enough job of keeping you safe because people still continue to get killed in gun-free zones. So therefore, the government should have its power removed from being able to declare sensitive areas or gun-free zones where they disarm the public because they don't do anything to ensure their safety in the process of disarming them. They just go ahead and disarm them and say good luck if somebody comes on the and breaks the law and comes up on the uh on the campus and starts shooting you know at that point it's run hide fight but anyway tell me what you think call or text 508-444-2120 uh winner david bowers for the book of last year um last year is this a call okay yeah go ahead and play the call Hey, Toby. Um, I have a Taurus 856 38 Special Revolver, and uh, I was just wondering, like, I mean, everybody's, like, there's difference of opinion between uh, 38 Special or using Plus P. I mean, can I use it? If I can, I use it. Mm-hmm. Like, do you have any views on that? Thanks a lot. Bye. Yeah, thanks for the call. Um and by the way, if you want to call 508-444-2120, we'll answer your question on the air. Um, I'm just going to go to Taurus's website on that. Uh, and by the way, this, the Taurus 856 just became Massachusetts compliant. Thank you to our 
overlords in Massachusetts. But guess what we didn't need? <laughs> Another snub-nosed 38 Special Revolver. We already have Charter Arms, Smith & Wesson, Ruger. Uh, we needed some other options for larger frame. Like, I'd love to see the Chiapa Rhinos make the list. But anyway, I digress. Uh, they say in the manual that as long as you read the details on page 18 about plus P before you shoot plus P through a Taurus 856. Um, so I'm just going to read it to you. Uh, there are only four calibers that carry a plus P rating from Sammy. That Sammy is the, the, basically the, the spec board that defines what the spec needs to be. Um, so anyway, there's, uh, they are 38 special, nine millimeter, 45 and, um, uh, 38 super. So those are the four calibers that carry a plus P that is actually Sammy approved spec. Um, any other ammunition that's listed as plus P is not a Sammy compliant spec. It may be dangerous, should not be used. Only fire Sammy plus P rated ammunition in Taurus models designated for plus P use as below. So here's the list. So the Taurus model 85, the Taurus model 856, the Taurus model 850, 851, 85 polymer small frame, uh, the 82 medium frame revolver, the 817 compact frame revolver and then all firearms chambered in 38 super automatic all firearms chambered in 45 automatic and all firearms chambered in nine millimeter luger are good for uh plus p ammo however there's a notice that says even if your taurus rated firearm uh is capable of shooting plus p ammunition such ammunition generates pressures significantly in excess of the pressures associated with standard ammunition and such pressures may affect the useful life of the firearm or exceed the margin of safety built into many firearms. Unless you need plus P ammunition, don't use it, particularly for practice. So they're saying use it sparingly because you could prematurely wear out the the gun. So there you have that. Um, plus P is not necessarily fun to shoot anyway. I'd shoot a few boxes of it just to take a... Uh, Try it out and see how it goes. Um, if you're going to carry it, then carry it and then practice with some standard uh, 38 specials. So there you have that. Um, but tell me what you think. If you have any questions similar to that, you can always give us a call, 508-444-2120. And uh, this week, again, we're giving away uh, the defensive shooting fundamentals. So go over to the rapidfireradio.us, scroll down, and enter the contest. We'll pull a winner on next week's show. And this week's discount code is CG, I'm sorry, is SBR, um, which is funny because I've been getting more and more calls about SBRs than ever. So there you have it. And uh, if you're following along live, jump on the chat, type your question in there. We're going to get to um, your, your questions as well. Um, speaking of which, the bug out bags or the mystery bags as i like to call them are back so this was really popular during covid when we were shut down we were like what can we do for four hours a day when we're on the phone or on the uh, chat and so what i ended up doing 
was having different people in the shop make these mystery bags and would put a price on them, would give you a good discount on everything, all the contents of the bag. But basically, there's um, two bags that have been put together, and they have a price. This one is $700, and you will need to be able to legally possess a firearm in order to buy this bug out bag. The other one is priced at uh, $286, and you do not need to be able to pass a federal background check for this one. Um, But there's lots of great stuff in each of these bags. They're packed full. So this was very popular when we did it live on the air uh, before people got really excited about it. And uh, so they sold like hotcakes. So there you go. We're just bringing them back, seeing if there's anyone who would love to roll the dice and gamble. And uh, I think they're both very, very good kits. So you'll you'll like them. Uh, but one's 700 bucks, And again, you need to be able to pass a background check. And the second one, you do not. Um, so you can read into it as much or as little as that. Go to rapidfireradio.us and click on the banner to go right to the website if you want to buy it. There's only one of each. And we may or may not do this every week. We'll see how it goes. Um, but we're going to roll it out there because it was so popular. I couldn't believe it, how popular it really was. It was a lot of fun, too. People loved opening them up. Sometimes they opened them up. Sometimes they took them home. Uh, but anyway, there you go. And KP wanted to thank me for the prize. He won uh, a U- the USCCA first aid book earlier this week, uh, Monday night before Holster Hour. And uh, he forgot to take a picture with me when he came to pick it up. So we'll do that next time he's in. But anyway, we'll see how it goes. Uh, But tell us what you think. Give us a call or text 508-444-2120. Don't forget, um, this week's discount code is SBR. Go to Rapid Fire Radio or to capegunworks.com and use code SBR to get a special discount off your entire purchase and a lot of you are taking advantage of this some of you are doing this every week uh some frequent flyers that watch the show come in they see what they want then they go home and buy it online and i love that that's smart maverick type of you know business uh type of savings in this day and age with high inflation so take advantage of it while you can go to capegunworks.com and any order and any uh purchase over 300 bucks is still free shipping until i get bored of that so you want to act on it today we'll be right back this is rapid fire this is the voltec vt10i it's your travel buddy so it goes where you go to your work on the road or at the range it's the smart and rugged safe built to protect no matter what you trust it with We've made sure every inch of your safe is built to the highest possible standards. Security is at the forefront of our thoughts, so no unwanted guest. The VT-10i provides multiple quick and simple access points, including high-resolution biometrics, backlit numeric keys, keyed entry, and even your smartphone for remote access. The two-point anti-impact latches keep your safe strong. And Voltec lithium-ion battery charges in just 2.5 hours and lasts up to six months. So it won't let you down. 
There's a reason we're the number one rated biometric safe. Get yours at VoltexSafe.com and find us online at Facebook.com slash VoltexSafe. Welcome back to Rapid Fire, your weekly show, all things guns, freedom, Second Amendment, and self-defense. And the poll of the day is, will there be another federal assault weapons ban? Find the poll question on rapidfireradio.us or go to the Twitter page, search Rapid Fire Radio, all one word, on Twitter to find us, and you can vote in the poll. And right now, it is 100% yes. People think that there will be another federal assault weapons ban. If you disagree, go over and make your voice heard, and we'll report on it from time to time here. So jumping back to the questions, someone was asking if I saw what's going on in Oregon. It's absolutely ridiculous. And yes, if you're not familiar with what's going on, there was a uh, firearms-related ballot question in Oregon, uh, measure 114, and it was basically 12 pages of changes of firearms ownership and purchase requirements initiative described by the NRA as the nation's most extreme gun control initiative. Among other things, it requires a law enforcement issued permit to purchase. Welcome, welcome to the club, fellas, uh, <laughs> uh, folks. Um, Massachusetts has been there a long time, and this is a ridiculous initiative. Uh, but anyway, uh, it it is required to buy or trans excuse me transfer a firearm. Requires law enforcement to maintain a registry of gun owners, personal information gathered from permit applications, and subjects legitimate gun owners to extra fees to exercise their rights. It's all unconstitutional, folks. Um, it also unconstitutionally bans the use, possession, manufacturing, and transfer of magazines with. Uh, capacity of more than 10 rounds. This extreme law was supported by gun control groups, Giffords, Bloomberg's, Every Town, and the Oregon Alliance for Gun Safety. Law Enforcement Association, state gun groups, and the NRA opposed the measure. So what does that say? When law enforcement and state gun groups oppose the measure, uh, there was a huge funding disparity in the campaign contributions reported in relation to the measure with $2,930,000 in support and $173,000 against. Large donations from single individuals made up most of the pro-measure 114, with Connie Balmer, uh, the wife of Steve Balmer, billionaire and former Microsoft CEO, being the top donor, with a, c- a contribution of $750,000, followed by Nicholas uh, Hanauer of, for $250,000, and Bloomberg's Every Town Pack donated an additional 155000 So even with the spending so massively weighted in favor of the proponents on Election Day, the measure barely squeaked by, with current results showing just over 50% of voters favored the law. I wonder if they should do a recount on that one. If it's just over 50%, that makes a lot of sense to do a recount, if you ask me. Um, but anyway, um, it's amazing how people will vote to restrict their own rights. Uh, that's absolutely ridiculous. Um, it's They think it's going to make them safer because they're drinking the Kool-Aid that they're being spoon-fed. 
Um, but the good news is the Oregon Sheriff's Association or sheriffs have said that they will not enforce the magazine limit. They said it basically is uncon- uh, unenforceable and it's unconstitutional. So um, they basically said uh, it is virtually guaranteed the measure or at least parts of it will be challenged in federal court on constitutional grounds. Um Lynn County Sheriff Michelle Duncan has posted a message on the department's Facebook page declaring, Unfortunately, we are seeing the passage of ballot measure 114, which creates a required permitting system in order to purchase firearms and bans gun magazines capable of holding more than 10 rounds. This is a terrible law for gun owners, crime victims, and public safety. I want to send a clear message to Lynn County residents that the Lynn County Sheriff's Office is not going to be enforcing magazine capacity limits. This measure is poorly written and there's still a lot that needs to be sorted out regarding the permitting process, who has to do the training, and what exactly does the training have to cover. In the coming days, I will work with other law enforcement partners, elected officials, and community members on the best course of action to take on permitting. Uh, I want to ensure anything we do not do or will not hinder gun owners' rights to purchase firearms intentionally or unintentionally. Why can't we get some of those type of law enforcement around here? That's wonderful news. Although I'm hopeful that the passing of this measure will result in an immediate lawsuit against it, as it should, there is still going to be a lot to sort out on how this will impact our residents, the Lynn County Sheriff's Office and other police agencies in Oregon. I will continue to inform the public as decisions are made. So that's good. You can go ahead and read. There's plenty of articles about that. Uh, KATU News is reporting uh, that the Malheur County Sheriff Brian Wolf is also not intending to enforce magazine capacity limit on the measure. So anyway, a lot going on there. Uh, interesting how the people have voted to ban their own rights or restrict their own rights. Um, probably a, a lot of... Uh, mail-in votes and, you know, who knows, uh, probably a lot of TV targeting campaigns that allege it's going to make you safer. One of the things that we had a question of uh, when I took over for the Grace Curley show for a couple days, one of the poll questions was, do you think that gun control is a winning issue for Democrats? Well, it turned out, uh, or for, you know, politicians in general, I didn't necessarily differentiate Democrats or Republicans, but... Everybody resoundingly said no, that it was not a winning issue. Um, I mean, it wasn't even close. It was like 90 percentile said no. Um, but it turns out that it looks like it was a winning issue in a lot of places, certainly not in Florida, certainly not in uh, South Carolina, North Carolina, or uh, Iowa, where there was a huge ballot initiative. Um, but it looks like most places it actually kind of was. Uh, a winning issue. And this is a tide-turning situation where I firmly do believe that if the rights are presented properly to the voting public, uh, they will always support the Second Amendment. The problem is when now, they've, if I don't know if you noticed the pivot with the media, they don't say gun control anymore. They say gun safety. And so are you in favor of gun safety? Of course I'm in favor of gun safety. So Already the, the polling is flawed, um, but they're saying, uh, are you in favor of gun safety? And that means changing laws to restrict your ability to buy and keep and bear arms. Um, 
most people are not in favor of that. But either way, the middle ground of the country, we have about a third of the country um, that is pretty supportive of gun rights, a third that is pretty much not supportive of gun rights. And that middle third is where the battle is won. So that's why we need to be good advocates for the gun community. We need to put on a good face of ownership out there in the public space. We need to not make matters worse, even if we have the right to do so. So that's the whole argument of could versus should. We talk about this as it relates to open carry. Um, You see some people that do these First and Second Amendment audits in like public parks. They'll walk around with AR-15s slung over their shoulder. And, uh, you know, simply to have some sort of law enforcement interaction or some sort of interaction with the public and they just kind of walk around the park like zombies and uh they are doing it to get you know likes on their youtube channel and get views uh to support their you know lifestyle or whatever but honestly that just isn't making it better for the second amendment community so even if you have every legal right to do it are you are you being a good example for the rest of the country or for those that are watching and seeing like, hey, are these guys just a bunch of yahoos or girls just a bunch of yahoos? Or are they, as they claim, responsible people in the community? Are they, you know, showing a good example, setting a good example for children to follow, for uh, people who aren't gun owners to see and say, hey, if it ever goes down, I want them on my side, you know. Uh, or maybe I'd like to go to the range with them sometime and shoot because that that would be huge. Um, that would be that's how you win the hearts and minds. That's how you win the day and win the argument. And I'm sorry, but it will come to a head. We have positive momentum on our side right now with uh, this Bruin decision, etc. Um, so there's going to be a lot of wins in courts, right, uh, as it relates to the court system. But guess what could happen if we don't win the argument or we don't win the hearts and minds of that middle ground of people? There'll be a constitutional amendment someday. And that's not something any of us want to see. So we have to make progress. We have to continue to uh, stand firm on our beliefs, but also win the hearts and minds of the people who aren't gun owners in our communities. And That's the only way we're going to preserve the Second Amendment for a long time to come. Uh, Because there's there's always going to be an erosion uh, from politicians and from these gun rights, uh, gun control groups that are going to try to erode, slowly erode our rights. And they've made good ground. They've gained good ground. Look at where we are as a society today compared to 50 years ago. Uh, 50 years ago, you could basically bring your shotgun and rifle to school if it, as long as it was visibly displayed in the rack on the back of your pickup truck. Now in Massachusetts, you can't even drive around with a shotgun rack in your truck, period. Never mind, bring it to school. Um, you could order guns through the mail and they'd come to your doorstep. You could go down to the local 5 and 10 store and buy a gun out of the barrel, sit next to the register and just pay the cash and walk out the door. Uh, so lots of stuff has happened in the past 50, 60 years um, as it relates to the erosion of our rights. Some big ones and some little teeny, you know, death by a thousand uh, stripes type of thing or death by a thousand cuts. Um, So some of them are striking at the root, but 
most of them are just little cuts, little cuts, little cuts. And then eventually it can't stand up anymore. It can't stand on its own. It's bled out. So uh, we need to be the the resource for our, our communities to look to um, and be a good advocate for, you know, the 2A community. Um, that's one reason why charitable contributions is so important to us. I want people to see that Cape Gunworks is supporting the Little League teams and the Cape Gunworks is supporting the uh, heroes and veterans in our area. They're, we're supporting a lot of the uh, sheriff's departments and police department unions and whatnot and fire departments and uh, memorial funds for this fallen officer or this fallen veteran or this fallen firefighter. Because the Second Amendment community um, doesn't get a free pass on any of that stuff, number one. Number two, I want people, I mean, I remember when we sponsored uh, my kid's hockey team, you know, all the kids out on the ice. Actually, I have the picture right behind me. Um, all the kids on the high school hockey team holding up the Cape Gunworks banner out on the ice. And that that was a opportunity, you know, to say, hey, this is a normal uh, way of life in America. Owning guns does not make you evil, does not make you scary, does not make you uh, a dangerous person to be around. It doesn't mean we're, um, you know, doing nefarious activities. Uh, it means that we are just like everybody else in the fact that we take our kids to school, we sign them up for sports, we uh, support the Little League team, and uh, we we go about our business. We You'll see us at church and grocery stores and, uh, you know, in the gun store. Wherever you might be found, you'll see us in the community. And, and you'll be real happy to know that if something goes down, that uh, gun owners are, are there and present with you. So uh, that's really what we hope to accomplish. Um, we're going to get to your questions uh, very soon. Um, we have the Gun of the Week coming up. Also, we'll talk about that. And we also have the Cape Gunworks AR build class coming up on January 28th. And we bumped the date off a little bit because we have one of the factory reps from Bowden Tactical coming to help along with this class. So we're going to have one of the factory experts on these build kits that we use. You're going to be able to build your very own AR-15 with a fixed mag lower. So go to capegunworks.com and click on the class calendar today to sign up for that. And we will be right back. This is Rapid Fire. A firearm for personal protection has never been more popular than it is today. The USCCA can help fortify your home, sharpen your awareness, and develop your defensive plan. Go to uscca.com remote and use code word WORKS. Your family safety and security is your responsibility. Go to uscca.com slash remote and use code word WORKS to sign up for a USCCA membership and get special training, legal advice, and legal protection you and your family need. Vortex offers the very best optics specifically made for shooters with rugged construction designed for extreme environments. Vortex Optics build quality ensures accurate, reliable, and repeatable performance every time you squeeze the trigger. Add fully multi-coated lenses and nitrogen purging, and you have a quality optic with an extremely reasonable price tag. That is the Vortex difference. Come into Cape Gunworks to see the full line of Vortex Optics today.
Welcome back to Rapid Fire, your weekly show all things guns, freedom, Second Amendment, and self-defense. You can always tell us what you're thinking. Give us a call at 508-444-2120 or text 508-444-2120, and we will get to your question. Uh, The winner of this week's giveaway, or I should say last week's giveaway, is David B., Look for an email from us, the Beth Alcazar Women's Handgun and Self-Defense Fundamentals. Uh, And this week, we're giving away Defensive Shooting Fundamentals Level 1 by Rob Pincus. It's also a USCCA book, which is awesome. Uh, So we'll pull the winner on next week's show. This week's code, by the way, is SBR if you want to get a discount off your entire order. But right now, we're going to talk about the gun of the week. And uh, this gun is super cool. It is the SIG Cross Rifle. If you're watching online, you you see it's black and it looks scary, but it's not a quote-unquote assault weapon. It is a uh, bolt-action rifle. And YouTube, you don't have to bump us off because this is an educational bit of the show. But the SIG Cross Rifle is a hunting gun that is a chassis bolt-action rifle with a... um, Sorry, I'm getting a little far from the microphone. Uh, it is a chassis bolt-action rifle with a 16-inch barrel, a nice stainless uh, barrel with a threaded muzzle, and it has a folding stock as well, which is pretty cool. Um, smooth bolt-action. It's a magazine-fed uh, rifle, so you can quickly uh, load and unload it. It has AR-style grip on it trigger and magazine and uh safety excuse me so i like that it's in the handguard is actually ar-15 ish so for a bolt action hunting rifle it's very lightweight it's packable with this folding stock so that's pretty cool that's what they designed this for it was hunting um like a lightweight backcountry hunting rifle it's got plenty of pick rail on top and it's got m-lock attachment points in the three six nine and twelve o'clock position as well as on the uh, the 45-degree positions as well. So you can put plenty of accessories on there. Uh, this is chambered in 6.5 Creedmoor or 308. It's the buyer's choice. And this week's uh, Gun of the Week giveaway, it's not a giveaway, excuse me, uh, Gun of the Week, um, we are already selling this at the minimum advertised price that we can, so we decided to throw in as a special bonus the SIG bus Buckmaster's scope. It's going to have a 3 to 9 by 50 scope thrown into the package, which is just going to round out this package. It's going to be great, uh, perfect backcountry, awesome deer hunting or whatever game you're pursuing uh, rifle. Or it's just a great range gun, uh, all-around shooting gun, uh, nice foldable stock. So it um, is fully adjustable cheek piece and length of pull as well. Uh, so there's lots of uh, different adjustments to it that you can do uh, and really make it fit you and uh, be a great hunting rifle or just a good range toy, range gun. Get great accuracy out of it as well. So um, pretty cool gun. So if you want to check out the gun of the week, go to the capegunworks.com and use uh, G-O-W for the gun of the week. You'll see it featured on the website and uh, you'll get a very special savings on it because of the uh, the package deal that we got going on. So that's a big discount, and uh, we're glad you're checking it out. So these are very popular guns. We sell a lot of them. So, All right, well, we will be right back. You're listening to Rapid Fire. 
Use discount code GOW for Gun of the Week and SBR for a percentage off your entire order. We'll be right back. This is Rapid Fire. Ammunition is 100. This is where the American ingenuity met a trailblazing spirit. Hard work united with patriotism and technology blended with new ideas. That's federal ammunition. Right here in Anoka, Minnesota, born in 1922, made in America, and proud to be the best. Federal ammunition, a century of innovation, and we're only getting started. Welcome back to Rapid Fire, your weekly show all things guns, freedom, Second Amendment, and self-defense. The poll of the day is, will there be another federal assault weapons ban? Find the poll question on rapidfireradio.us or go to the Cape Gun, uh, excuse me, the Rapid Fire Radio Twitter page. Search Rapid Fire Radio, all one word, and you'll find it. So what are the results thus far? Uh, will there be another federal assault weapons ban? Uh, hey, we got some movement. Uh, no, <laughs> I thought the other one was, I thought there was some, uh, yes votes. No. All right. So it's 100% no. Uh, so go ahead and let your voice be heard. I agree with that, by the way, although a lot of people do think that there will be, um, and there's certainly intent, uh, by the government, Right now, for an assault weapons ban, they're pushing it, they're harping on it. Um, so hopefully not, but we'll see how it goes. Um, it's it's a uh, yeah, it's a <laughs> scary thought, frankly, because it took ten years for the federal assault weapons ban to to sunset, and you know I think it would be a horrible move if the government did that. So. Let's you don't mean AR-15. All right, let's see how it goes. Um, all right, uh, Davey's wondering uh, if the Democrats control the Senate, that means an assault weapons ban is imminent. It already passed the House. Um, all right, we have an update. Uh, let's see, it's right now 66% no, 33% yes. Um, so anyway, go ahead and vote on there. Let your voice be heard. Let me know what you think. Um, so, yeah, I don't know if because the legislative session closed, if they have to re-vote on that or not, um, or if it's still live. I honestly don't know. Um, it's That's interesting um, thought, uh, but hopefully they have to redo it in the House. I don't know. It says, if you bring up the fact that it was a handgun, they will respond. Just imagine if it was an AR-15, there would have been many more. Yeah, you're right, uh, Smeggy, you bring up a good point. Uh, that does tend to be the way they argue sometimes, but um, there's no guarantees in life about anything. I saw a video of a guy who uh, walked into a VA clinic, I believe it was a VA clinic, and uh, with a AR-15 and fired a shot, and then the security guard came over, unarmed, by the way, and man- engaged him. And they were wrestling for the gun and ended up out on the street. And another security guard jumped in and a passerby jumped in. No one injured. And that was a guy with an AR-15. So I think the guy actually did a uh, 
himself a disservice by bringing a long gun into those close quarters. So, um, yeah. All right, let's see. Um, 500 says, I have used plus P's in my 856 ultralight. They were light plus P's, though. Uh, probably a light grain weight is what he means. Um, let's see. I ordered and paid for a Ruger Red Hawk 44 Magnum at Cape Gunworks in June 2021. Oh, no. Still waiting for it. I've bought five pistols and a rifle from you, and they arrived promptly. Ruger Is Ruger short on help? I think they are ace. Um, they they just don't produce. I don't know what the deal is. Uh, for a while there, I couldn't get anything from Ruger, and then they finally pulled up out of the, the nosedive, and we're starting to see like ten twenty twos again. We're starting to see the SR twenty twos. We're starting to see the SP one hundred ones. Some GP one hundreds. We did just get the four fifty four Casul Alaskan the two-inch Alaskan, but that one, um, I have not seen any Red Hawk 44s. So hopefully, fingers crossed, let's let's hope that that comes in soon. Um, but they're starting to get caught up, thankfully. Um, yeah, that's the way it goes. Um, what should I do with my pistol brace on my fixed magazine after the AR after the new year? Um it's a great question. I would just take it off the gun, just remove it. And um, they don't, there's not a ban on the brace itself. There's just a ban of, on the pistols, uh, brace on the pistol. So uh, CNT wants to know what's in the bag. That defeats the whole purpose. You got to buy it and then we'll open it. Yeah, we could open it on air if somebody buys one, buys it, and we'll, uh, we could open it on air. That'd be kind of fun, do the, re- the reveal. Um, but, yeah, so it's a mystery bag. Uh, you don't get to know. You're taking a little chance. You're taking a gamble. And um, we did it. This was kind of fun during um, COVID when we were shut down and doing live streams, which actually was the precursor to this show. So um, you can thank that. Thank us for that, you know. <laughs> but anyway, real quick, I want to get into something that uh, two days ago, the uh, there's been an update in the Firearms Policy Coalition uh, Granada v. Healy uh, case, which was dismissed because they were using that two-step scrutiny. But it looks to me like the Firearms Policy Coalition is going to have their day in court, and they have their uh, opening brief has been. Um, put out there two days ago uh, to the court, but it's not an oral argument. So um, they actually are making a case for why oral arguments should be heard. Uh, It says here, I'm going to read from this brief. This is really good news, by the way. Um, Pursuant to First Circuit Rule 34-0, plaintiffs respectfully request oral arguments in this case of first impression. This court has not yet had an opportunity to analyze Massachusetts' ban on the commercial sale of common handguns or any other Second Amendment matter since the Supreme Court's decision in New York State Rifle and Pistol versus Bruin. The case, therefore, presents significant issues relating to the fundamental right to keep and bear arms, and holding oral argument will further assist the court in decision-making process. 
Um, then there's a jurisdictional statement. Then the statement of the issues. Now, if you're not from Massachusetts, this is really going to paint the uh, picture for you. Did the district court err in finding that plaintiff's compliant fails to uh, state a plausible, uh, sorry, plaintiff's complaint fails to state a plausible case for relief against Massachusetts' ban on the commercial sale of handguns commonly used for lawful purposes across the country. Um, so that's what the case, the state originally said or the district court said. It dismissed it because they said it was, uh, it was you know, in line with what the state recommends or their purview or the two-step process. So that brings up the statement of the case, which is the regulatory scheme Massachusetts forbids licensed retailers, that would be me, from transferring a firearm unless it is both, one, compliant with the Attorney General's handgun sales regulation, and two, included on the legislature's approved firearms roster. And uh, Attorney General handgun sales regulations are basically a big list of regulations, um, and they are not allowed to sell, rent, lease. Uh, you know, it goes into the definitions and all this. Uh, any tra- or transfer any handgun that does not have a tamper-resistant serial number is made of metal that does not meet a certain melting point, is prone to exploding or accidental discharge or machine gun, basically, does not have a safety device that prevents unauthorized use of the firearm, does not contain a mechanism to preclude an average five-year-old child from operating the handgun, including but not limited to trigger resistance of at least 10 pounds, or altering the firing mechanism so that an average five-year-old hands are too small to operate the handgun, uh, requiring series of multiple motions in order to fire the handgun. This is what we have to go through in, in this state. It's crazy. And it, if it does not in, contain a loaded chamber indicator or a magazine safety disconnect, if it's a semi-automatic handgun. So if it doesn't have all that, it won't meet the Attorney General's definitions. That's why Glocks were not for sale in Massachusetts because up until the Gen 5 Glock, um, they they didn't call it a loaded chamber indicator. So uh, then it goes on to talk about the approved weapons roster and the melting points and all that. And But it also talks about the effect on the plaintiffs. And so it lists each and every plaintiff and the gun that they want to buy but can't because they live in Massachusetts and how their rights are being, uh, you know, totally... Hampered. It also talks about the plaintiff, uh, the gun parlor. Um, I'm sorry, not the gun parlor, uh, the gun runner, who desires to sell these people these guns. And same with us. We're not named in the in the lawsuit, though. Uh, how they would like to um, sell these guns to the public, but they can't because of said ban. So, under the Bruin decision, this really uh, should be immediately thrown out as unconstitutional um, but we'll see how it goes in court they're gonna have to rule on this and uh, obviously the defendant the attorney general's office uh, Maury Healy is hoping that this gets dismissed but uh, it doesn't look like it's gonna be they've been given their uh, opening brief so Uh, We'll see how it goes. We're going to keep track of that. This is good news. I'm glad to see some movement. Maybe it won't take as long as we thought, but anyway, we'll keep stay tuned for that. And that's the end of this first segment. If you're listening on the radio, the first hour shows is is in the bag, but we go on for another hour. So tune in to RapidFireRadio.us. 
or call the text rap or text the rapid fire line 508-444-2120 so go to rapid fire radio and ask some questions check out the online content and freedom will always be free and on the right side of history so stay tuned we will be back or we will see you next time this is rapid fire May your tag of a lifetime finally come through. May the snow pile up and the elk come down. May your socks always stay dry. May the herd bull finally break from the herd. And may your aim always stay true. Welcome to the next level. Welcome to the Vortex. Once you're involved in something like this, the stress level... It can tear up a family. He said he was tried in the court of public opinion before he ever stepped foot in a courtroom, but surveillance video helped shed light on what actually happened. 50-year-old Ford employee Billy Coert was charged with attempted murder for shooting his gun in the United Auto Workers 551 parking lot in June 2016. To have everything you work for taken away. Coart was suspended and then terminated from his job with Ford where he'd worked for nearly two decades. To have somebody have your back and have a company that have your back and then they put me in touch with a great attorney. That was the best feeling. Go to uscca.com to learn more about protecting yourself and your family. Alexander Hamilton said those who stand for nothing will fall for anything. This is Toby from Cape Gunworks. When our founding fathers drafted the Second Amendment, there was no question of its meaning. Today, if you have questions, come to Cape Gunworks for some advice, training, or to send a few rounds downrange. We have a fully stocked pro shop with a huge selection of guns, crossbows, archery, classes, rentals, a 15-lane range, and a friendly staff. Come on down to Cape Gunworks, Airport Road, Hyannis, or capegunworks.com. Constitutional carry has become all the rage these days. Apparently, the mainstream media has gotten all over this term, and they're really misinterpreting what it means. And there's something that you need to know as a responsibly armed American. Constitutional carry simply allows you to carry a gun without a permit. That's it. It does not vacate your responsibility of what you're going to do with that gun. Remember, you are responsible for every action you take and certainly every round that comes out of that muzzle. And constitutional carry doesn't take that away. So when we're arguing with anti-gunners who are complaining that constitutional carry makes the world less safe, let's remind them that whether a state has constitutional carry or an over-the-top requirement for you to get your concealed carry permit, none of that takes away your responsibility when you're dealing with a firearm. You will be held accountable for your actions, as every responsibly armed American should be. So make sure you get the proper training and you know your laws so you're doing the right thing. I'm Kevin Michalowski, editor of Concealed Carry Magazine. Go to uscca.com to learn more about protecting yourself and your family.
Welcome to Rapid Fire, your weekly show all things guns, freedom, Second Amendment, and self-defense. We're sponsored by Vortex Optics and the USCCA. Really glad you're here. You can join us every week by calling the Rapid Fire line, 508-444-2120. If you want to be on the radio, or you can text us at 508-444-2120. Make sure you like, subscribe, share, comment, and Tell all your friends, neighbors, enemies, and relatives about Cape Gunworks social media pages. We're at Cape Gunworks just about everywhere that social media is found, except for Instagram. We are CGW underscore backup because we got totally Zuckerberged. And so you can find us on Instagram at CGW underscore backup. All right. We're going to get right into it. The second hour here, we were... Uh, talking about the Granada v. Healy uh, case in Massachusetts, but we also um, wanted to talk your questions on the chat line. Uh, let's see, uh, we had some people asking uh, about the bug out bags, and we're doing, we did do uh, secret bug out stockings last year. Uh, but the bug out bag is more fun and it's pretty cool. Um, but we'll see how it goes. Uh, if you want to buy it, we have two offerings. One is $700 and you need to be able to pass a background check. The other one is $286 and you don't need to worry about a background check. So, um, there you go. It's, uh, it's a lot of fun. Um, and you get to, uh, you get to experiment and see see what the heck's in there. Sometimes it's it's a pleasant surprise. You're like, I would have never bought that, but look at that, I got it, and that's awesome. So it's pretty cool. Um, how do we stream to Twitter? I don't know. That's a great question. Do we? Yeah, we through restream. Um, yeah, I know Twitter does stream, so you can watch live on Twitter. Um, and hopefully, Twitter continues to get better. We'll see how it goes, but. Um, I don't know. Uh, KP says it bothers me that the AG Mora's advisory letter to licensing authorities opinion is that Bruin decision does not change Massachusetts suitability requirement. Right. Um, they basically say, all right, we concede that it's taken away our ability to discretionarily issue licenses. Uh, so if you're basically, if you're not a prohibited person and you're suitable, you're going to get your license to carry. So, while they're crying on one shoulder, they're actually clinging to the same language that gave them that discretionary power um, by saying, oh, it's you're unsuitable or suitable. And that's exactly what Bruin addressed. So I think uh, they have some problems on their hands if they're going to go ahead and restrict people's right to keep and bear arms by discretionary or suitability reasons. Um, I don't know too many of the... Uh, law enforcement communities that will do that. They'll probably just give everybody an uh, unrestricted license to carry. There's only a few um, police officers or police departments that aren't doing that, but there are a few. There was that consortium around Boston that all had their own requirements and kind of the good old boys club where they wouldn't um, wouldn't give the license to carry for any lawful purpose. Um, they would only do it for target and hunting for so long, but now they're going to have to give it for any lawful purpose. So 
anyway, that's the, the way it goes. Um, let's see. Uh, chat from the chat line. Um, Jay says, what rifle can I own in Massachusetts with an FID card? Um, you can own any rifle that is non-large capacity, semi-automatic, or any slide action, pump action, bolt action, single shot, lever action, uh, repeating rifle. Um, so if it's a semi-automatic, it has to be limited to 10 rounds or less. It cannot be capable of accepting uh, a ten, you know, high-capacity magazine. So basically that's that's it. There's also a large-capacity uh, roster out there that names certain rifles by name, which do not qualify for FIDs, and uh, also tells you some that you can buy with an FID card. But um, that's, you know, on a different, in a different spot. So anyway, that's, that's what you can own with an FID card. Um, you can own a fixed mag AR-15 if you want, uh, because the mag is fixed in the gun and can't come out. So it is, in fact, a low-capacity firearm. So there you go. Um, and Krabby's saying, I, I am carrying in Maryland. That was unheard of and um, unobtainable for so long. Yeah, that's great. Um, uh, G-Webs points out just 22 years ago, hardly any states had concealed carry weapon. Uh, now 25 states have constitutional carry. Um, so that is really good. Uh, point out, I, when I first got my gun license in 93, there was one constitutional carry state in the country. It was Vermont, and now there's 25. Plus, most states have a concealed carry weapons permit. Uh, so if they're not constitutional carry, I remember when I first got my license to carry, you couldn't carry a gun concealed in Texas. Uh, <laughs> so go figure. Um, we've made some great gains over the years. So um, it's not all doom and gloom. We've continued to make some great gains. So uh, there you have that. Um, we got a lot of the a lot of the usual suspects are chiming in on the chat and saying hello. Um, so that's good to see everybody. Um, a lot of people on the chat today. Uh, Davey thinks that yes to the ban. He thinks that there will be another assault weapons ban, uh, but it will be ruled unconstitutional by the Supreme Court. And that scenario that you're put, putting out there would probably be uh, years in the making, I would suspect. Hopefully not, but possibly could be. Bruno says, I'm planning on building a fixed mag AR, so I might get the class for January. What do you, uh, what day will you have that guest you were to talk about? It, he'll be at the, the build class. So, um, the kit that we're using, um, the, there'll be one of the guys from the factory there for, at the build class. So it's going to be kind of a cool, that's why we changed the date of the build class to accommodate his schedule. We thought it would be kind of cool to have him come in so um let's see uh, uh that's what i was thinking too if if it already passed the house we're screwed in my massachusetts experience you're correct if it didn't pass before the session ended it would have to start over again uh, i don't know if the federal system works the same i don't know either um, I don't know if the Senate can just adopt that House bill that passed before the end of the legislative session or if they're going to have to redo it. Um, that'll be, that's a good question. I should know the answer to that, but I don't. Um, 
I, I have a sneaky suspicion that they'll have to reintroduce it, but narrow margins in the House are still going to make it so that it could pass the House again. Uh, there was certainly enough uh, Republicans that went along with the Democrats to, to get it done the first time. So um, anyway, let's hope that they hold the line and and don't. But anyway, if you're hearing this and you don't have your gun license yet, we do have regularly scheduled LTC classes, which will enable you to take that certificate down and apply for your license to carry. We also have ladies-only classes and a couples class on January 21st. Sign up at capegunworks.com, and we have attorney Keith Langer joining us next, so you don't want to miss it. We will be right back. This is Rapid Fire. A firearm for personal protection has never been more popular than it is today. The USCCA can help fortify your home, sharpen your awareness, and develop your defensive plan. Go to uscca.com slash remote and use code word WORKS. Your family's safety and security is your responsibility. Go to uscca.com slash remote and use code word WORKS to sign up for a USCCA membership and get special training, legal advice, and legal protection you and your family need. Vortex offers the very best optics specifically made for shooters with rugged construction designed for extreme environments. Vortex Optics build quality ensures accurate, reliable, and repeatable performance every time you squeeze the trigger. Add fully multi-coated lenses and nitrogen purging, and you have a quality optic with an extremely reasonable price tag. That is the Vortex difference. Come into Cape Gunworks to see the full line of Vortex Optics today. Welcome back to Rapid Fire, your weekly show all things guns, freedom, Second Amendment, and self-defense. And the poll of the day is, will there be another federal assault weapons ban? Find the poll question on rapidfireradio.us or go to the Twitter page, Rapid Fire Radio, all one word, and you can vote and we will read the results live on the air. And what are the results so far? Let's check in on that poll and see if there's been any marked change to it. Um, let's see, he's bringing it up right now. Can you... Uh, there it is. Right now, there has been a little change. It's now 75% say no, and 25% say yes. There will be a an assault weapons ban, a federal assault weapons ban. So hopefully not, but let's see how it goes. And Keith... Langer is on the line with us today. Thanks so much for joining us again, Keith. How are you today? Oh, well, I'm rather underwhelmed by the so-called red wave, which wasn't enough to get our feet wet. <laughs> and, of course, that will affect the chances of Biden getting another, quote-unquote, assault weapon ban. Notice he's posturing on the bodies at UVA, mm. uh, murders that involved a handgun. Right to promote that, but of course we saw that with Healy and the Pulse Massacre. Yeah, It's what they do. Yeah, and interestingly enough, uh, I've pointed this out a couple times, but the Pulse Massacre um, shooter used a SIG MCX, which is largely a different design from an AR-15. It has some of the same ergonomics and, you know, 
locations for controls, but it is not an interchangeable uh, weapon with an AR-15. You can't take a MCX upper, put it on an AR-15 lower, and vice versa. And the the bottom line is, she used that weapon to springboard into banning uh, her, uh, you know, assault weapons ban enforcement notice here in Massachusetts. And we all know that these type of bans don't affect the criminally insane or those that are mentally ill uh, or evil uh, because they don't listen to the law anyway in the first place. But all it does is hamstring and handcuff your ability and my ability to exercise our constitutionally protected rights. And no other right would suffer the same um, type of um, infringement. Well, with the Pulse Massacre, note also the delay in the police entry. Mm. And because they were going into a dark room with no real uh, sense of who was where and who was who, I still wonder what we had for collateral damage from that dynamic entry. Mm. However, I do have a bit of good news just for the sheer novelty of it. Gun Owners Action League, specifically... uh, the executive, Jim, was dealing with Lowell. Now, as you know, Lowell has always been a major impediment to firearms licensing. Mm. And Jim was able to be the voice of reason in Lowell. And now they are dropping all that nonsense and basically complying with Bruin. So if you're in Lowell, there's a bit of good news for you. And if you had been deterred before, you may want to apply now. Very good news. Um, interestingly enough, I had somebody come in my shop, uh, a guy I know pretty well, and um, I, he took our class a, probably a year ago or so, and I said, maybe even longer, a couple of years ago, I think it was before COVID, and I said, oh, did you get your license to carry? And he said, no, I didn't. Um, I said, why not? And he said, well, I have a misdemeanor on my record, and they basically said I wouldn't get it. Um, because of the suitability and the discretion of the chief. And I said, well, when did you apply? He said, it was like last spring, you know, late winter, early spring. I said, well, I think you should reapply because uh, there's a lot of stuff that's happened since then with the uh, New York State Rifle and Pistol uh, v. Bruin case, et cetera, et cetera. And um, the, the state law has had to come in compliance with that. So um, what do you think his chances are of applying for it now um, with, you know, having misdemeanors on his record? Well, a statutory disqualifier is a statutory disqualifier, although we've got a case now that may alter that. The bottom line is start with the obvious route, and instead of waiting for the good fairy to wave her magic wand and suddenly make disqualifying misdemeanors evaporate, look into getting an expungement. If that's the only thing on his record, yeah, <laughs> he's probably eligible for an expungement, which would make it uh, viable for him. Hmm. You know, I, it, it was interesting. I had a lawyer in my shop the other day, which I got into a long protracted argument, not argument, discussion with, it was a very positive discussion. Um, but one thing that uh, is very obvious is if you if you ever go in a courtroom, I'm sure you, you've seen it a million times, it's almost 
labor intensive. I was at a court with somebody for a minor uh, civil violation, uh, but I got to witness three or four cases being um, performed, and they were they were all basically pleading out to uh, felonies or you know whatever, uh, and they were pretty serious charges, but. When they were pleading out to these charges, the judge had to tell them all their rights, and then he had to explain to them how, if they're an illegal alien, and I don't think, I think it was pretty obvious these people weren't illegal aliens, but nevertheless, he had to explain to them this big, long uh, diatribe of um, what could happen, and they'd get deported and would, you know, suffer the, the that they might not become legal aliens here or legal citizens here and and the whole time i'm thinking the one thing they're not saying is and by by uh pleading guilty to this felony you're also going to lose your ability to carry a firearm and that never comes up why is that do you think because they're required by law to give that warning in allocution because of the alien issue right they expect I and mean, their attorney should advise with that anyway but somehow felonies are even more more insidious misdemeanor convictions can cost you those rights and to be fair those should probably be mentioned also but judges spend enough time with the allocution as you heard if you've been there with all the things that they have to advise a defendant of when they tender a plea and they're not looking to add to the list right now are quaffs the continued without a findings uh can those be treated as a disqualifying event as well not legally okay um uh, on express term continued without a finding well if there's no finding there's no guilt However, many departments would ignore that fact and say, well, if you were charged, you know, there's evidence of guilt and bounce you on suitability. Mm. So there's always that scam. Yeah. And do you think that, uh, you know, I was opining in the last segment, you probably heard me, but saying I think that uh, they're clinging to this suitability in their advisory roles to the uh, police departments, the issuing authorities um, in Massachusetts here, they're saying like, you know, so as long as you're not a prohibited person and you're found to be a suitable person, you're going to get your license. So they're clinging on to that. Do you think they're going to pull that card or will there be police departments? And it sounds like Lowell was one of those departments that was clinging to that card, correct? And uh, are they going to relinquish that, you think, or do you think they're going to try to hold on to it? When was the last time you saw somebody voluntarily give up power? <laughs> yeah, once they get it, they don't like to give it up. That's for sure. And they've also got the whole public safety due diligence flags to wave. The bottom line is those departments that were historically problematic will almost certainly still hide behind suitability to cover up arbitrary discretion mm. the only difference is if they try to claim you're unsuitable now they have a higher standard to meet in any reasonable court yeah the um 
the burden of proof is on them to to prove it at that point, correct? The burden of proof is never on them. Uh, the one of the many ways the game is to use a common term these days, rigged, is that the police are claiming you're unsuitable. The police don't have to prove it. The police didn't bring the action to challenge your LTC denial or suspension. You did. So you have the burden of proof, even though they made the accusation, and it's up to you to prove a negative. Mm. The only time the police department has the burden of proof, assuming the court actually imposes it on them, is on an FID denial or suspension. There, the police department actually brings the petition and has to prove how the FID holder or applicant is somehow unsuitable under the statute. Of course, that's assuming the police department actually does that. I was dealing last month with a police department that thought it could arbitrarily and unilaterally suspend an FID card, sent out a letter of suspension for an FID card. Mm -hmm. They were upset when I wrote them a reality check (laughs) and told them that their letter was a nullity and they had no such authority. And then, and only then did they comply with the statute and actually go to court. Hmm. Well, it'll be interesting. And uh, I think, that suitability clause is exactly what Bruin took up, right? That New York State pistol and rifle v. Bruin case. It dealt with the fact that the police departments were completely abusing the idea of suitability and applying criteria that had never been used historically in firearms licensing, plus the fabrication of sensitive areas. And except for very, very (laughs) limited locations, basically schools, courthouses, uh, buildings like that, there were no quote-unquote sensitive places. And they're trying to make churches sensitive places. And New York is now being sued by a number of churches, particularly the Jewish ones, because they're the ones being attacked, uh, to have that rescinded. That was part of Governor Hochul's knee-jerk reaction to the Bruin decision when she doubled down on failure and obstructionism and they passed a whole new set of criteria. Hmm. Interestingly enough, you go back far enough in the Massachusetts laws and there was a time when you could actually be fined for not bringing your gun to church. <laughs> exactly, because you were walking into wild animal and Indian territory. Right. So if you were caught without your firearm or your your musket or your muzzleloader, you'd be, you could be firearmed, uh, you could be fined. Uh, I, I kind of like those rules. <laughs> no, I mean, honestly, either side, it's an infringement or it's trying to dictate what you can or can't do, but they were doing it for actual public safety, uh, knowing that there was no cavalry coming if you got stuck, you know, in a bad spot because you didn't have your firearm. So, And of course, unlike today, they had what was copied 30 years ago in Kennesaw, you were mandated to have a firearm, ammo, and powder Mm. or muster as part of the militia. Nobody's doing that anymore, but (laughs) our our firearm history is based very, very, very solidly in actual need. Right. Absolutely. Well, thanks so much, Keith, for joining us. How can people find you? 
best way is to simply put my name in online, which will bring you to the website, or email me, Keith, K-E-I-T-H, at kglangerlaw.com. And of course, for you traditionalists, you can always call me, 508-384-8692. Again, 508-384-8692. Awesome. Thanks so much, Keith, and we'll talk to you again soon and we will be right back you're listening to rapid fire this is the voltec vt10i it's your travel buddy so it goes where you go to your work on the road or at the range it's the smart and rugged safe built to protect, no matter what you trust it with. We've made sure every inch of your safe is built to the highest possible standards. Security is at the forefront of our thoughts, so no unwanted guest. The VT-10i provides multiple quick and simple access points, including high-resolution biometrics, backlit numeric keys, key entry, and even your smartphone for remote access. The two-point anti-impact latches keep your safe strong, and Voltec lithium-ion battery charges in just 2.5 hours and lasts up to six months. So it won't let you down. There's a reason we're the number one rated biometric safe. Get yours at VoltecSafe.com and find us online at Facebook.com slash VoltecSafe. Welcome to Rapid Fire, your weekly show, all things guns, freedom, Second Amendment, and self-defense. And this week's winner of the giveaway is David B. Look for an email from us on the Beth Alcazar self-defense, women's self-defense fundamentals book. And we are giving away this week's book to complete the trifecta, uh, Defensive Shooting Fundamentals Level 1 by Rob Pincus. It's another USCCA book that has awesome pictures and articles in there, great um, diagrams and uh, pictograms of how your body's natural reaction is under threat. So you want to win this book. It's great information. So go to uh, rapidfireradio.us to sign up and win, or go to uh, rapidfireradio.us and scroll down, and you'll be able to enter the contest. So we will pull the winner for on next week. And by the way, this week's discount code is SBR. So if you're looking to get something on our website, make sure you pump in the code SBR for that special discount. All right. So jumping back on your questions, uh, Ava Gardo wants to know, will the January rifle class be making a fixed mag rifle? And yes, it will, because we don't have freedom in this state yet. The good news is after you've gone through the class and made the whole AR, if the law ever relaxes, it's real easy to switch it over. It's literally like 100 bucks, um, So you can switch it over. Um, but that's what you got to do. Um, and that's what we have to do to offer this class. We did it forever when before the law changed or before more Healy's uh, 
edict from on high. But um, since then, we kind of tabled it until we figured out, hey, let's do it again with the fixed mag rifle, uh, fixed mag AR. So anyway, there you go. All right, can you? I tell you why Mello wants to know why Glocks are on the roster, but most places won't sell a Gen Five unless there's slides and frames separate, unless you're a police officer in Massachusetts. Yeah, and this goes along with that um, Firearms Policy Coalition case that um, is being heard finally uh, in Massachusetts. Their opening brief uh, addressed this, but basically because of the Consumer Protection Act and this uh, mass-approved weapons roster and the Attorney General's regulations. There's a two-pronged approach to be able to sell a gun in this state. So if you are on the approved weapons roster but you don't meet the Attorney General's regulations, you can't be sold. So now that Glock makes a Gen 5 that does have a loaded chamber indicator, it would technically meet the definition of the Attorney General's regulations, especially if they put the New York 10.5-pound trigger in it. Um, But the problem is that I don't think Glock is going to do that because, like I said last week, they're once bitten, twice shy. They've been burned really bad by having to buy these guns back at retail um, and they're not willing to do that again. So uh, they haven't sent an affidavit to the uh, attorney general saying, hey, our gun now meets your requirements. And therefore, uh, we're, we're kind of in limbo. But anyway, tell us what you think. Give us a call or text 508-444-2120. That's 508-444-2120. Um, and the uh, Firearms Policy Coalition points out that this is obviously an infringement upon our constitutional rights under the single-step approach of, uh, you know, the laws advised by text, history, and tradition. So these laws are stuck in the pre-Bruin era, which is a two-pronged approach where they can take the overall intent or wishes of the state to heart and say, oh, it's consistent with what the state wants. state wants to regulate guns this way they can. And after the Supreme Court decision in June, they said, no, you can't. You cannot regulate um, people's rights that are enumerated under the Constitution. You must hold to a strict scrutiny. So this is huge. It's the it's really a, a breaking of the dam as it comes to it, it will call into question every single gun law on the book if people put enough time, effort and energy and money behind it. So. The long and short of it is Massachusetts does not recognize a frame as a firearm. So people can buy frames for whatever gun they want uh, in Massachusetts, um, and gun stores will, generally speaking, do a transfer of a frame, but they will not sell the complete gun because it would be a violation of the Attorney General's regulations. And there are even some shops that have done it in the past and that got... uh, Find ten thousand dollars and ultimately shut down as a result. So that's why most people uh, don't want to do it. You know, most gun shops who want to stay in business aren't going to do it. So there you go. Um, 
By the way, the bug out bags are back. You can go to rapidfireradio.us and click on the bug out bag banner to buy your bag today. There's only one of each of these bags. Every week if we do it, continue to do them. And I call them a bug out bag. It's really a mystery bag. So they are in these Kelty backpacks, which are a really nice, lightweight, great little day pack. Um, And this one is $286. And you do not need to be able to pass a background check in order to buy it. The other one is $700. And you do need to be able to pass a background check to buy it. So there's only one of each of these. Uh, you can go ahead and go to the website, capegunworks.com or rapidfireradio.us and buy these bags. Um, when they're gone, they're gone. Uh, we may or may not have more of these, but they were very popular on the early iteration of this radio show. Uh, they sold like hotcakes. And uh, it's kind of fun just you know taking a chance on some things and, and buying it. And um, you get good stuff. It's not our garbage. And you get you know, anywhere from 10 to 15% off everything in the bag. So you're getting a savings as well. So it's not all chance. It's, you know, not like you're uh, paying full price for everything in there. And if you don't like it, you're stuck. So that's the way it goes. Um, Anyway, uh, let's jump back on the chat here. What can I tell you about the pistol skill builder, Ben DeWalt class next week? What level of shooter is it meant for? Um, Anyone who's you know, capable of basically drawing a gun, getting it out on target and firing it could certainly have a um, a benefit to this class. You're, you're going to be required to demonstrate that you can safely and efficiently draw a gun and uh, put rounds on target. And if you can do that, then he's going to show you some techniques that will make you more efficient at it. Um, so yeah, he does a great job with it. Uh, Ben DeWalt's one of our regular outside trainers that come in and, and do that, uh, class with us. It's been huge. So he's also done, um, AR-15 classes with us. He's done defensive pistol. He's done red dot pistol. I think he's done a low light class with us as well. Uh, he's done shotgun classes. Um, so there you go. Um, FD wants to know if, uh, I think the 365X micro will be mass compliant soon. Do you mean the macro? I think you mean the macro. And um, it probably won't be because it does. they don't even make a 10-round mag for it, um, SIG. So that means they're probably not really hopped up on testing it. Uh, the benefit to it really is in free states where you have no round restriction because it's got a 17 round mag and it's only nominally bigger than the 365 XL. But just a heads up, going back to the conversation about frames and slides and receivers, you can buy the FCU and you can buy the X macro grip module and drop the FCU in it and then put whatever slide on you want. Uh, you can put the X comp on there or the, uh, you know, whatever one you want. So, that's a good way to go. Um, you can build any 365 gun you want in this state because we sell the FCUs and you can buy all the parts and pieces for it. So uh, we're actually working on a builder page for our website. That'll be up and running soon. So you can drop your FCU in, select your slide, select your barrel, select your grip, etc. for like a uh, Glock or for um, SIG 365 or 320. Um, it's going to be a cool, um, we're really excited about that, but 
I shouldn't have even teased it out because it's going to be a while before we get there. But um, so anyway, uh, let's see. Uh, New York Outcast is saying foolishly, the vast majority of people take the deal, guilty or not. Yeah, they just want to plea it out to get out of there and then don't realize the implications of what that meant. Uh, down the road when they want to get their license to carry. They're like, oh, no. And I think Keith Langer gave some great advice about trying to get that expunged so that you could get your rights restored. That's a good way to go. Um, Let's see. uh, um, Happened to a guy last month who didn't have the rigid holsters. Oh, uh, KJ... Uh, KP's advising you that if you take the class, you got to have all the stuff required. Yes, you're going to want to read the required equipment tab on on that sign up because uh, you won't be able to buy it if you don't have it, and you could be out whatever it is that you paid for the class. So um, there you go. Uh, let's see. Yeah, you can always switch them in the future. Um, and yes, GWeb's the first one to grab those bags. And they're gone, um, so you gotta let your uh, you know fingers do the walking and give us a call or jump on the website and buy them uh, because once they're gone, they're gone. Uh, so there's one and only one in each in each of them. So uh, in each case, but we we'll do more down the road if this if this tries if if this takes off like it used to. Um, so. Stay tuned to see. Uh, uh, It could be fun. I like it. And I couldn't believe how many people liked it when we did it the last time. So there you have that. Um, The pepper spray class is back as well. This is a very popular class for people that want to learn about alternatives to lethal defense. In the class, you'll actually dispense water-based practice spray units. Plus, you'll learn all the facets of non-lethal defense. Go to capegunworks.com and click on the classes to sign up today. Obviously, people who can't take guns to sensitive locations, this would be a great use of the class um, or a great use of a non-lethal defense. All right, we will be right back. You're listening to Rapid Fire. I'm Toby Lee. A firearm for personal protection has never been more popular than it is today. The USCCA can help fortify your home, sharpen your awareness, and develop your defensive plan. Go to uscca.com remote and use code word WORKS. Your family's safety and security is your responsibility. Go to uscca.com remote and use code word WORKS to sign up for a USCCA membership and get special training, legal advice, and legal protection you and your family need. Vortex offers the very best optics specifically made for shooters with rugged construction designed for extreme environments. Vortex Optics build quality ensures accurate, reliable, and repeatable performance every time you squeeze the trigger. Add fully multi-coated lenses and nitrogen purging, and you have a quality optic with an extremely reasonable price tag. That is the Vortex difference. Come into Cape Gunworks to see the full line of Vortex optics today. This is the Voltec VT-10i. It's your travel buddy, so it goes where you go. To your work, on the road, or at the range. It's the smart and rugged safe built to protect, no matter what you trust it with. 
we've made sure every inch of your safe is built to the highest possible standards. Security is at the forefront of our thoughts, so no unwanted guest. The VT-10i provides multiple quick and simple access points, including high-resolution biometrics, backlit numeric keys, keyed entry, and even your smartphone for remote access. The two-point anti-impact latches keep your safe strong, and Voltec lithium-ion battery charges in just 2.5 hours and lasts up to six months, so it won't let you down. There's a reason we're the number one rated biometric safe. Get yours at VoltecSafe.com and find us online at Facebook.com slash VoltecSafe. Welcome back. To rapid Fire, your weekly show about guns, freedom, Second Amendment, and self-defense. Don't forget to check out Date Night every Friday and Ladies Night Thursdays. Or try our range experience package, No Gun License Necessary, at Cape Gunworks. So, uh, before the break, we were talking... Uh, oh, and don't forget about our poll question of the day as well. Uh, so, if you go to rapidfireradio.us... Scroll down, you'll see the poll question. Or you can go to Twitter and type in Rapid Fire Radio, all one word, and you'll find our poll. This week's question is, will there be another federal assault weapons ban? Yes or no? And, uh, well, Professor Claus bringing up the uh, results, Joe Biden, who's been emboldened by the lack, I guess, of a red wave, is continuing to double down on saying, I'm going to ban assault weapons. So um, Second Amendment Foundation has a call to action to donate to their cause to try to stop this gun-grabbing agenda. But uh, it says on Land that emboldened by Tuesday's failure by Republicans to deliver a red wave at the polls, Joe Biden appeared at a press, a press conference during which he allowed questions from a list of reporters he was provided and at one point declared he will continue to push a ban on so-called assault weapons. And he probably said, not a joke, not a joke, because that's what he's saying. All right, we are holding steady at 75% say no and 25% say yes, there will be another federal assault weapons ban. Uh, so go ahead and vote. Let your voice be heard. we got a few days left on this poll. And... Um, what do you think? Is he, is he going to ban assault weapons? Yes or no? And uh, he's obviously trying, so he's willing and able. And uh, oh, yeah, and don't forget the gun of the week, too. We have um, that SIG cross rifle with the free Bushmaster 3 to 9 by 50 scope. And uh, it's a phenomenal deal. Go to capegunworks.com or rapidfireradio.us and click on gun of the week. And remember to use code G-O-W at checkout so that you get the special discount. All right, um, getting back at it. Um, Biden has certainly indicated that he is willing to uh, ban assault weapons again. He said he did it before. He's going to do it again. And uh, he's, you know, we'll, we'll see how it all works out. But 
Um, I don't think it'll happen, but honestly, I wouldn't be surprised if it was. Um, it's definitely um, something that I see could happen with a razor-thin margin in the House, and apparently it looks like the Democrats will retain the, the Senate, but we'll see. You never know. Um, yeah, so that's uh, what's going on around Lake Wobegon here, but we'll, um, we'll get to your questions on the final segment, so stay tuned. And uh, we'll be right back. You're listening to Rapid Fire, and this week's discount code is SBR. If you go to capegunworks.com, you'll get a special discount, SBR, not to mention free shipping on anything over 300 bucks. So we'll be right back. This is Rapid Fire. The ammunition is 100 This is where the American ingenuity met a trailblazing spirit. Hard work united with patriotism and technology blended with new ideas. That's federal ammunition. Right here in Anoka, Minnesota, born in 1922, made in America, and proud to be the best. Federal ammunition, a century of innovation, and we're only getting started. Welcome back to Rapid Fire, your weekly show about guns, freedom, Second Amendment, and self-defense. Don't forget about our giveaway. This week's giveaway is the Defensive Shooting Fundamentals book, Level 1, by Rob Pincus, and it's put on by the USCCA, so go over to rapidfireradio.us to sign up and win, and scroll down and enter the contest. All right, getting back to the chat. Um... Let's see. Uh, it's good to know we can switch them in the future. Thanks for looking forward to the class. Uh, thanks for looking forward to the class. That's about the AR build class. When I was talking about the fixed mag lower. Um, yeah, that's the beauty of an AR-15 is nothing is ever forever. <laughs> uh, so um, 500's wondering about the, he says the Makarov guns are cool and too bad 9 by 18 isn't more common. Yeah, it's an interesting um, gun, I would say. Um, a little bit clunky of a gun. It's heavy. It's, you know, probably in on par with like the Walther PPK. Um, it's certainly in the same ballpark, if you will. Uh, but they've never really struck my fancy. I do think they're a cool looking gun. I don't think they're, uh, particularly ugly guns. Um, they have some nice lines to them. Uh, there's a lot of different countries that made them. FEG, I know Hungary, uh, Poland, uh, there's a bunch of different Makarovs out there. Obviously, Russia was the first, but um, the G-Webs is following up. Do you think uh, any U.S. pistol companies, as they get older and larger, will add more models to? I think we'll see a U.S. Makarov. And I don't know if I, I would say if we do, I think it'll be uh, one of those specialty companies that kind of do you know, some spinoff or stuff like that. Um, Maybe, maybe there would be a uh, Century Arms would do one as a short limited run or something like that. Maybe they'd get some build kits from another country and and put them together with U.S. made parts, not like it's required by law, 
like it is for rifles, but um, that's a good question. Uh, I can't really think of anyone off the top of my head who would be jumping at the chance, but maybe after they're trying to exp- expand their product offering. I could see one coming out in 9mm instead of 9 by 18 uh, Might have to change the dimensions of it a little bit, but stick with the the size and shape and look of it. That'd be kind of a cool thing to do it with, you know, like pay homage to its original roots and design, but uh, change it around a little bit. Um, so who knows? That's a good question. Uh, there's... I just don't know what the market's like. When we get like trade-in Makarovs, they tend to be like no one comes in like, oh, you got a Makarov, sweet, and buy it. They're kind of one of those niche novelty guns. Like I don't see anyone getting real excited about it. Um, but there's lots of guns like that, like the SIG 232 or the SIG 230 um, or the original SIG 210. Those are guns that are niche collector guns that uh, some people... I personally think the SIG 232 or the 230 is what the Walther PPK should have been. I like them a lot more than the Walther PPKs, but uh, some of them are fussy with ammo and don't run reliably. Others run flawlessly, so you never know. Um, but it's it certainly uh, seems seems like something that could happen. You never know, but my favorite gun is the HK P7. I'm wondering if HK is ever going to come back with the P7M8 as kind of like, uh, you know, a limited run or a few per year possibility or something like that. And that's along the lines of that same, you know, question. You bring back a, a proven design and, you know, we saw it happen just recently with Springfield and the uh, high power, right? and FN with the high power. So there's uh, there's precedent to be had out there for guns that were very popular um, for many, many years that kind of fell out of favor for a little while, and now they're being resurrected as uh, viable modern guns for sale. So it, it certainly could happen. Um, not sure 100% I'll ever see a Makarov be a U.S.-made gun, but you never know. 380, it seems like a 380 version of it would be easy to do. Um, <laughs> someone saying, wish we could afford a modern P7. Uh, and 500 says, pretty much any revolver's his favorite gun, and I love 1911s. Yeah, 1911s are classic. That's why they brought back the Browning High Power. It's like the, the next iteration by John Browning of the 1911, right? It was the 9mm large capacity uh, with some cool 1911-ish features like a single action, um, you know, frame-mounted safety. But it's, you know, a classic gun. 1911 is probably the most classic gun in the world, right? Uh, There's probably never been a gun that has been duplicated by more companies than the 1911. I can't think of anything that's even close. Maybe Glock is starting to mount a pretty uh, good, you know, offense to that that throne, but I can't think of any other handgun that was duplicated by more companies than a 1911. It's certainly, I remember 
entire companies just cropping up for that design only. Uh, going back to the early 90s with like Brolin Arms and uh, even Magnum Research did some. And then, uh, you know, every major manufacturer has jumped on the bandwagon for the most part. You know, uh, Ruger jumped on the bandwagon. They still produce it. Smith & Wesson, uh, Springfield Armory, uh, you know, all the big, big namesakes out there. Obviously, HK has never done one. Uh, FN has never done one. So... Uh, I don't think anyway. Maybe they did back in the day, but I don't know. Um, so anyway, they're just a classic-looking gun, very recognizable. When you think semi-automatic pistol, a lot of people conjure up that 1911 in their head. And uh, yeah, it was it was a bandwagon gun for a long time. But there's also a lot of high-end companies that make only uh, 1911s. Nighthawk Customs is one that uh, is near and dear to my heart. Um, so, yeah, they're, they're pretty pretty cool. But Glock is, there's certainly lots of Glock knockoff companies out there. Um, I know Anderson Manufacturing just came out with theirs. Uh, Palmetto State Armory came out with theirs, the Dagger. Um, and there's other ones out there, so... You know, obviously all the polymer 80 stuff. And then there's even companies, high-end companies that take Glock and redo them so that they're theirs, like the Zev, like the one on my desk, the Zev Custom uh, Agency Arms, uh, Salient Arms International. Uh, those are all like the Gucci Gucci Glocks that do them. So um, there, you, there you have it. You know, those they, they take them and they make them better in my opinion, but... Um, there's also the whole polymer 80 side of things, which are a little bit cheaper. They were the gun of the week last, last week. And, um, so yeah, they're pretty, pretty cool. Um, what I want to see is, uh, a resurgence in like, I'd like to see more of the, the CZ guns, you know, the VZ 58, the VZ 61, uh, those type of things. There's a couple knockoff companies making, making them checkpoint is one that are um, American made receiver with the old parts kits and stuff. But that'd be kind of neat to see a couple more manufacturers uh, up their game. A lot of people are jumping on the AK 47 bandwagon. Now you got, you know, tons of AK manufacturers, even in this country. And so um, I think the VZ 58 is, is a very under served weapon. I think it's, underappreciated and a lot of people don't even know about it so I think it could be a, a very cool you know AK variant I know people say it's not an AK but it is a variant in to some extent even though it's a different magazine different operating system etc but it's a pretty cool gun um, so anyway uh, that's my thoughts on on some guns like that uh, HP says, I only have four revolvers, all Smith & Wesson Performance Center, 38, 357, 44, and 45 ACP. Um, so anyway, um, we're going to get back at this next week. The second hour is in the bag, and thank you for tuning in. And remember that even though the show ends here, you can always tune in at rapidfireradio.us. You can call or text the Rapid Fire line, 508-444-2120. Keep up the good fight, support your local community, and be an advocate. And be a, put on a good face of responsible gun ownership 
to your friends and neighbors and relatives. Take someone new to the range and hunting. And together as Americans, we can overcome anything. I'm Toby Leary. God bless. And this is Rapid Fire. We'll see you next week.